Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And welcome. That's the voice of Dick Warren. Thank you, Dick Warren, for recording that intro so long ago. Uh, that would be Alex Terranova with the goofy mustache. Hello, Alex. You are a professional certified coach in your, what, sixth year of coaching? Seven. seven? I started in 2015. So seven years. Holy bajoli. It's I know, right? I was unbelievable. just, I was just yeah. thinking, like, does something special happen if I get to 10? To get, you know, it's, it feels like there is something special. Yeah. Like to be a full time coach for 10 years, not have had another job. Does that do I get like a prize? I'm, I'm sure we'll work out something for you. But uh, the real prize will be that you've done this and not anything else. Is, is your life like mine where the worst day of coaching is better than the best day of any other job I had? You know, the only thing is I do miss the, you know, I was from the restaurant bar industry. I do miss those connections and the ability to go to like any restaurant and bar and like know everyone and get hooked up on the, the fancy drinks and the food. But that wasn't actually the job, right? That was the perks of the job. Right. From the, the job standpoint, yes, every day of my life, even the worst days. Well, the I had actually a worst day on Monday. Monday was a terrible day. And I just like, well... I just moved all my calls and, you know, chalked it up as like a, a gutter day, you know, a gutter ball and then yeah. moved on. Whereas if you have a regular job, you can't just not, you can't just, you know, throw a gutter at a regular gutter ball at a regular job. Get in trouble for that. Although a lot of people I work with have. Um, <laughs> that's Alex Terranova, PCC. You can find him at thedreammason.com. He's also the author of um, a, a contributing author uh, to Redefining Masculinity and the author of Fictional Authenticity, available wherever fine books are available to you, like the library. And I'm Slim Shady. Yes, I'm the real Shady. No, that's not true. I'm Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. And yes, you have to say it that way. Um, anything you want to share with the class before we get to our, I know that you're excited about our, our guest today. I'm only less excited because I know him less well than you. Uh, I think the only thing that I would share is I think it's it's just random or synchronistic that we had last week. We talked to somebody about creating TED Talks, and and this week we have somebody who literally just gave I don't know gave a TED Talk. I don't know if you can talk about it too much because it's it, it just happened. All very proprietary. Not, you know, yeah. yeah, we can't. We don't want to upset anybody. But uh, but to that was not planned on purpose, right? We didn't we didn't try to coordinate that. So I think it's nice that we have these back to back episodes. Yeah, cool. That's anything, my... anything, anything you want to tell us? You know, we're we're about to talk to somebody about like this is a guy who's an expert on extra exit strategy. You know, Living. getting out of your business. Anything right. you want to? Anything you need to reveal or talk about? <laughs> Are you inviting me to retire? Is that this is very subtle, Alex? Uh, no, here's the thing. I was going to tell you all about something, but I decided instead to talk about this. The um, so I have this in my mind's eye, some sort of a dream life that I should be living. Do you have that? Like someday it's going to be this way. And I recently saw the, um, the manifestation of that. Do you know what I mean? Like the real world of that, like there's this house in the place I want to be, which is the Island of Kauai, uh, you know, on the beach that looks exactly like the house that I had envisioned in my dream. Right. And I'm torn because on the one hand, I freaking love my life. And you, you would too, right? Everybody living my life would love it. On the other hand, now there's this dream and I'm trying to decide, am I going to be content and happy with where I am? Or am I going to like, you know, rev up to, to create this dream life? And um, I'm eager to talk about that with my coach and my therapist and my, you know, shamanic healers, because I want to make sure that I'm in the right, in a good frame of mind. I, I, it's a dead giveaway when you say right, right. But in a good frame of mind to make that choice. In the meantime, um, I'm also, I'm also birthing this, you know how you create things and you write programs and come up yeah. with dream client adventures and stuff. So I've got this two day program that I'm putting together and I'm doing that thing where it's like been done for three months, but I keep thinking it's not good enough. Do you ever do that? Uh, everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I'm and like, then I start shopping, opinion shopping with people like, could you look this over and see what you think? Cause it feels like it's missing something, but I don't know what it is. And uh, you know, that's a good way to lose your friends because they don't have that kind of time 
I usually feel like I just get mad at them. I ask people for opinions and then they give me the opinions. They tell me things that should help me, but I just hear it as like criticism. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, man, you just got to get started. You just got to, you know, I think that like, that's a great lesson for all coaches is launch stuff, do it. And then we adjust, right. You gave me feedback last week on, on, on the, this adventure, this free retreat I'm giving away to, to one person. And I went on and I implemented the changes really quick. I don't know that the changes I implemented are the right changes, or I'm going to get what I want out of it, but I can change it again. There's no, right. It's not like we're like Nike putting it, you know, spending a hundred million on marketing and now we're stuck with the title of our shoe or something. You know, I think that that, I think the concerns that people have when they want to put stuff out into the world are genuine concerns. If you are, you know, Disney and you're putting out a movie, you're not gonna be able to change the movie title if it doesn't go well. Right. But for most of us, get it out there, like adjust on the fly, learn, make your second version better than the first. Nice. And by the way, the input I gave you, I did see that you made those changes and that was the right change to make. So good. So you like the, what did I call it? The live, love and legacy retreat? Yeah, better. That I'm interested in. All right, let's get to you, our guest, because I know this is this is your buddy. This is somebody that you are excited to, about. I'm excited about. Tell us all about him. Whoa, I didn't know you were just going to throw that at me. I didn't. <laughs> um, if so, you come to a rehearsal, you'd know. Well, <laughs> well, now I have to like bring up his bio because I wasn't ready to be, be the introducer. Let me just tell you about it's, This is you. this is an object lesson for our listeners. Always be prepared. You never yeah, know. I, no, I'm definitely camera not, ready. That's you know, what we're I'm, I'm a creature of habit. Christopher does the intros. Um, I'm going to tell you, well, I'm going to tell you this. So I met Jason through through a, um, a really unique, I want to say networking opportunity. And uh, it was actually my assistant. One of those Madison Cawthorn deals? What's going on? What's happening? What? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> uh, so actually, my assistant found Jason um, through through a networking group, basically. And he comes to me and he goes, I think you need to be on this guy's podcast. He's a business coach. But more so than that, he really teaches people how to grow their businesses and exit their businesses. And it's a different conversation. So this happened during COVID. Jason and I were actually supposed to get together and record our podcast in person in San Diego. Obviously COVID made that challenging and not actually possible. And for what, like a year, him and I were kind of chasing each other down. And then Jason was, uh, and then I was on the real Jason Duncan podcast, probably, I don't know, a few months ago, it just actually aired. And after that, it was like, all right, we got to get Jason onto the coaching show because He's doing things in coaching that are different than a lot of the people that we bring on. And this conversation about exit strategy is, I know I have clients that are like, I don't know how to get out of my business. And why did you create this thing if you can't leave it? You know, this might really appeal to you, Christopher. Um, So the real Jason Duncan, not to be confused with the fake Jason Duncan, is a guest today. He's the host of the Real Jason Duncan podcast. He just gave a TED Talk. That's a secret. Good. Is there anything else we need to say? I don't have his uh, bio pulled up. <laughs> no, Jason. I'm very. You, Jason, do you want us to say anything? Yeah. Well, right? the I'm podcast. The about. podcast title is "The Root of All Success." You can look it up on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, YouTube, anywhere. The Root of All Success. I study how entrepreneurs become successful. All right. Wait. I'm going to do this again. We're going to edit this out. <laughs> I don't like that. I, just... I think. I think your shame should be public, Alex. <laughs> Oh, fine. It's fine. I can be with it. I just the feel. I just feel bad. But you know, how do you feel about this? Well, the fact that you used the real Jason Duncan is good. That's good. I'm good with it. All right, Jason. You let me correct it. I corrected it. It's all good. <laughs> this actually proves what we were just talking about, right? Just put it out there because you can fix it. Nobody cares. <laughs> Jason, I'd like to apologize for Alex's behavior today, and I'd like to welcome you. How, how are you today? Um, around outside. Where are you? I am in Nashville, Tennessee. Actually, I live in the city, a city just north of Nashville called Gallatin, and it is absolutely gorgeous May Day. And as soon as we hang up off this Zoom call, I'm getting in the truck, and I'm heading to Florida for a week and a half. Got a mastermind retreat with my uh, mastermind down there, and then 
Wow. My wife and I are celebrating our 27th wedding anniversary. So we're going to spend it on the beach, riding, the riding my motorcycle, having fun. 27 years. You don't look old enough to have been married. Uh, even Thank 20 you. years. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We got married pretty young. We were 11 and 10. No, we were, yeah. <laughs> we, we were, uh, <laughs> you know, not we were, from Tennessee. She's right my now. cousin. No, we, uh, we got married at 20 and 19, met on a blind date in high school, dated for four years and got married early. And then, uh, yeah, so 27 years this Friday. Jason Duncan, on behalf of men everywhere, I want to say you're out of the club. No, I want to say that is awesome. That is an amazing and inspiring, really, really awesome story. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Thank you. Wait, I was just at the target. Well, I was just at my chiropractor uh, office this morning, and he and his wife, they're celebrating 27 years this year as well. They got married one week after we did. We didn't know each other, obviously, at the time, but but uh, it's interesting how they, you know, they're celebrating 27 years one week uh, after us. Let me just remind Alex, it's not a contest, Alex. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you know, you know, at this point, if I can live long enough to be married for 27 years, it's going to be an accomplishment, you know, you have have like 27 one year marriages, don't you, Alex? (laughs) Um, All right, let's talk about brutal about you, Jason. So (laughs) I know that I know that you've got a lot that you could share with us. And I can't I can't step over the root of all success. You've talked to extraordinary people. You are you coach extraordinary people. You are an extraordinary human. What and and forgive me for the the cliche of this, but what in your experience is the root of all success? If you could tell entrepreneurs and solopreneurs and uh, startups one thing, what would you say is either the biggest mistake they make or the biggest move they should make? Well, what I'll, I'll tell you how, and that's a great question. I'll tell you how this this the uh, the podcast came about is that I was an unemployed school teacher when I started my first company. Actually, it was my third company, but I consider it my first because the other two don't really count. But my my first company that actually did something, multi-million dollars, et cetera. I was an unemployed school teacher when I started it. And uh, after I experienced what I refer to and consider to be success, I started talking to my circle of friends because I started hanging out with different people. They were also successful entrepreneurs. And over a bourbon or a cigar or dinner, I would say, well, you know, how did you do, like, what, what do you think were the keys to success? And as I had these conversations over the course of a few years, I started noticing that there were these five things that cropped up in every single story. Now they didn't, they didn't use the same, all the, all the same vocabulary, but these five things and they are passion, right place, right time, knowing the right people, preparation and plan. Now I put them as alliteration LPs because it's easier to remember that way. And I'm a former pastor. So I, you know, that's kind of the rule. I got to do that. But, but I, but I oh, discovered, yeah. I discovered those things and I thought, okay, now that I know that this is part of everybody's story to success, I should do a podcast based on that and, and find the root of where these things cropped up in everyone's story. And, and sure enough, every at almost 90, 80 to 90% of my shows, we dive into those five things. And it's really interesting to hear everybody corroborate my theory that in fact, these five things do lead to success. Yeah. I um, So I want to say them slower passion, like time, people and place, right? Like the, that was yeah. the second one. So yeah, well, if we do it slow here, I, I, this is going to be on video, right? Are we doing this? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, so, so I'll hold, I'll hold up my hand. So there's easy to remember on your head because as a former school teacher, so passion goes on your thumb. So like thumbs up, like good place is your pointer finger because you're pointing place. like right, right place, right time. Your middle finger is people because what do we use this finger for most of the time? <laughs> And then the uh, ring finger is the hardest finger to put up by itself. And that's the hardest part of all five of these. And that's preparation. Like, what are you prepared to be successful at? And then plan is the shortest word and probably the least important of the five, uh, as is your pinky finger plan. All right. I'm trying to think, Christopher, what, when you look at, we were just talking about your business. What's the one that's, what's the one that's missing of the thing that you were, are working on? Well, ironically, it's the thing I want to tease you the most about, which is preparation, right? Like we were just talking about, you know, one of the things that I was fortunate to have was success early. And so they're actually the two last ones, probably preparation and plan were the things that I didn't have to do. You know, I teased, uh, but it's not funny now that for the first 20 years of my business, I just had a five-year plan that I started at the beginning, right? And it was going well. So I just kept going, going, going. And then all of a sudden it doesn't work. 
Do you know what I mean? And now I got nothing because there's no, there was no plan B. There was no like, let me get good at something else in case the main thrust doesn't work. And so now it's kind of like retooling, pivoting, all those things at the same time that I'm both terrified and self-shaming for all the preparation I didn't do. You ever run into that, Jason? Yeah, I think what's interesting about the preparation part is that uh, I think probably more than two thirds of the people that I talk to, when I ask about preparation, they didn't recognize the preparation until maybe not, not that I drew it out of them. Like I'm some sage, you can pull it out, but until we had the conversation, you know what? So for example, um, there was a guy, there was a guy who was raised by a, um, um, his parents were pretty, pretty crappy, you know, let's just say what it is. I mean, it was pretty crappy parents, but because they treated him, um, the way that they treated him, he learned early on how to read people and understand the room and know where feelings and psychology was playing into it, even as a child. Well, now very successful in sales and was able to build a business. And he's probably the best people reader out there. And why? Because he was prepared to do it. Now, did he think about that prior to coming on the show with me? Maybe, maybe not. But when I started talking about it, I said, you know what? Yeah, that did prepare me. There was another uh, lady who you know, same story, the things that happened in her life through education, she would have never thought that would have led her to where she would be successful in the business she is today. So preparation is one of those things that's sneaky that you may or may not know that what you're prepared to be successful for. So when I coach my clients and we're talking through these five keys of success and they're thinking, how do I get to success? One of the things I dig in is on, on the preparation. What have you done in your life that you might or might not be aware of that could prepare you for success in a certain area? For me, I did uh, insurance sales uh, bivocationally when I was in ministry for about a, a decade. And I was doing those insurance sales and I was actually pretty good at it. So when I left the teaching world to start a company, to be an entrepreneur, it was through my sales skills that I was able to build that company that prepared me. Now, what I've thought that selling insurance as a 20 something would have prepared me to be a multimillionaire owner of a company, you know, later. No, I wouldn't have ever thought that, but in fact, it was part of the preparation. I love that piece that we like, we don't know where we're going. We don't, we might have an idea where we want to go, but life shifts and changes and we don't know what's around the bend and we don't know how what we're doing today will impact us tomorrow. Right. And, and really I heard someone say, one of my clients yesterday was telling me he had a, a major win and I was like, what, what created this win? And he's like, dude, just consistent. Let's see like every day, just doing a little bit more to get me, you know? And, and I think so many of us are trying to hit like home runs every at bat instead of he's like, I'm just trying to hit singles. Those weren't, that was, that's my interpretation of his language. But I hear that in yours in, in, in a different way, not it's like going to hit singles, but using the, the things you've been taught and all the experiences you have that you haven't even been taught that you absorbed and how does that play into and how can that help you and I think it could hurt you too, right? Like the, I'm curious how it works the flip side way, right? You just talked about the benefit. How does, how do people's life experiences hurt or negatively impact them? Well, I, I think that's a great observation. Um, one of the things that I know, and I know that you guys know as coaches is, is that our greatest weakness is our, so our greatest strength and vice versa. So for example, when the question is asked to me, you're Jason, which one of your strengths? I think, well, one of my strengths is I'm, my ability to, um, my ability to operate at the fly, you know, on the moment uh, by the seat of my pants, like I don't have to prepare. I'm ready. That's great. That's a strength that I can show up in front of a room. Somebody said go, and I could probably figure it out, but it's also the thing that causes a weakness in my life because, um, I don't prepare when I need to prepare because I'm so good on the fly. So, you know, I, my Ted talk that you were talking about earlier, you know, I, I knew about this Ted talk months in advance, but I did not start working on my 18 minute talk until about three weeks prior to the event, because I'm so, I'm so good at doing it on the fly. Well, that, that actually worked against me because then I started working on it. And then I found out that the slides at this particular Ted talk, there was a confidence monitor in front of you, but you could only see what was on the screen. It wouldn't show you the next slide, which is pretty common when you do public speaking and you're using slides, they show you your current and the next one, which is 
the mental prop that I've always used to know that, okay, I know what my next slide is. I know what to prepare for, but I found that out like two weeks prior to the event. I'm like, holy crap, I have to completely redo everything. And so I spent every waking hour for those last two weeks. If I had a moment between coaching sessions or between meetings, I was giving my talk to an empty room trying to memorize the slides. So my greatest strength and my, it was also my greatest weakness. And I think people need to understand. And when they're thinking about through preparation, that you're right, there are negatives and, and positives to both of those things. That felt really personal. That felt like you were talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher, I feel like, does that apply to you too? I mean, I know that apply. Like, I feel like I can, I'm actually better off in just winging something. And so I will rely on that. And then there's times I gave a, I gave a 30 minute talk recently. I, I can't wing a 30 minute talk and have it actually be a success. But of course I waited till two days before to put it together. You know, that's, and I think that's the, that same strength, that same weakness. I had a client once who said uh, that one of the wisest things I've ever heard. And it was this, if you wait till the last minute, it only takes a minute. Right. So you just, you just wait right up until the deadline and then you get it done. What, um, what I'm hearing is that that's a trait for all of us, but that, you know, it's not what we would give somebody, right? I don't know about you. I've, I've got a, a 12 year old boy and this kid has done well in school, but we find out he's done well in school because he's got a great memory, right? So he can look at the book, close the book and take the test. What he's never learned is great study habits. And I kind of hear that in this, right? Like what we would give people, is yeah, do the work, put in the time, do the consistency as you were talking about, right? Hitting singles. And yet what we all have experienced is a lot of our success has come from the ability to, as Jason said, go. Okay. Let's yeah, do we it. walk up to the plate and decide we're switch hitters, but we've never been switch hitters before. <laughs> Get lucky the first time and then keep doing it. Jason, yeah, I want to oh. go. No, Christopher, go ahead. I just wanted to get in about uh, the exit lifestyle. I know there's a big thing, right? Especially for entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and business owners. When you've grown something, right? You get the idea, like, I'll just keep doing this. And then there's the, the day comes when you're kind of like, nah, I don't want to do that anymore. What I alluded to at the beginning was that, you know, I've got my whole career as a coach anyway, I felt like it's part of my job to continue to improve my life and my lifestyle as sort of a you know to be in the bow of the ship right to be in the front of the ship and and setting the pace so that when people bring to me hey i want to improve my lifestyle i'm like yeah i've got something to say about it so that's one thing you may want it but my real question is this my view of exiting it's almost like there are really two views, right? One is I get to be done and do whatever I want in the lifestyle I've created now. And the other is there's still, as there always has been, this notion of the next, the next, the next, that'll be better, right? And there's this $9 million place in Kauai that seems like I'd really be happy there, <laughs> although this place ain't bad. So do you have something about that, Jason? Well, I think success grows, uh, for all of us as entrepreneurs, I think when we success really is about, uh, we were talking about the root of all success earlier. Success is really about the result. So whatever result you intended, if you achieve that result, then by definition, you are successful. But the thing is success continues to grow. So let's say for many, many young people, they say, I just want to make six figures. Okay. Well, then they make six figures. Well, what's next? Well, I want to make half a million. I want to make seven figures. Now, well, at that point, I want to have $10 million worth of real estate or, or assets. So success grows. So I think that you could be successful and it moves to the next, uh, moves on to the next stage. So I think in terms of the exit lifestyle, which is what you were asking about, is that most entrepreneurs have a perception that the exit lifestyle can only happen after you exit, when in fact, that's not true. The exit lifestyle can happen now, but you have to overcome this hustle culture that we're taught on Instagram is that you just got to work hard, hustle, grind, grind, grind for 10, 20 years, and then eventually you can do it. The story was told, and I think both of you probably have heard this, and maybe a lot of the listeners have heard about this rich businessman who goes on vacation vacation down at the beach in Mexico somewhere. And he's observing this fisherman who walks out, you know, mid morning, he goes out on his boat and he spends a few hours fishing, but brings back in a haul. He sells a few fish. He goes home, spends time with his family. He watches this guy do this for several days. And, and the rich businessman says to him, Hey, 
you know, tell me about what you're doing. He said, you know, I go out and I fish and I come home and spend time with my family. I take a siesta. It's, it's good. He goes, well, you know, you're really good at this. If you hired a few people and put a few boats in and did this, you work really hard for the next 10 years, then you can sit on the beach all day. You can drink pina colada, spend time with your family and take a siesta. And he said, I'm doing that now. Like it, we don't have to wait until some point in the future and our hustle culture, especially in the Western world, Europe and, and here, of course, in the States is we teach that you have to work hard and you've got to put in the hours and you've got to, you can never sleep and you can only get four hours of sleep and you have to be part of the 4am club. That's not true. Like those are okay, but you can live the exit lifestyle in place. I've got a friend who calls it retire in place. You can be in place in your business, own it, make money, have the tax tax benefits and do what you want when you want and live what I call the exit lifestyle, which shameless plug. I've got a book coming out later this summer called the exit lifestyle, uh, which will be available to you at some point, but, but the exit lifestyle doesn't require you to sell your business. You can do it now. And I talk so much about this with my own coach and, and my therapist of like that idea that it's always, there's, it's not, no matter what I do, whatever I create, there's always another thing. Right. And that success is in our Western world is typically defined by accomplishments, accolades, or money. But how often do we think of success as like the relation, you know, your 27 year, 27 years, right? That's right. 27 year marriage. You both, you both have kids like that to a lot of people having kids. Christopher just took a trip with his son to a lot of people. That would be a success, right? To be able to go on a trip with your kid and your kid actually wants to go on a trip with you. Um, and I think that's such an overlooked like the trap, the trap of success in our Western world is a never ending. You got to keep working and making more and making more because right, you get a million. Well, now you need two or you need 10 or you need 20. What do you, I love the, the, that I call it the vacation for me, it's a vacation lifestyle. How do you t- take somebody right now? Who's in the hustle, who's in the grind? Cause then you can't just put that down. How do you, what do you tell them that allows them to start, start altering or changing, adjusting so they can shift from this hustle and grind to this exit lifestyle idea? Well, it is a mindset shift. And I think we all acknowledge that it's a mindset shift. So what I call the prop, the reason so many entrepreneurs are trapped in the ironic prison of entrepreneurship, the reason they're trapped is they, they deal with something I refer to as the hero syndrome and the hero syndrome for entrepreneurs and founders is when, you know, at the beginning, every problem is our problem. We put on the Cape, we fly in, we solve the problem. We put out the fires, we, we deal with every issue and that's fine in the first few months, or maybe even the first year of your business as you're starting it up. But that is not a sustainable model. You think about the billion dollar companies and even trillion dollar companies that we all hear about in the news. And we see, you know, these people, they overcame the hero syndrome a long time ago. That's why we know about their companies today. But so many entrepreneurs keep wearing the Cape every day, keep showing up, keep putting out the fires and they inadvertently, build a prison for themselves. The business is all of them. It's them. And that's what happened to me. I started a business in 2010 as an unemployed school teacher, built it up to multi-million dollar status, recognized in Inc. Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, by all accounts, very successful. Things were going really, really well. I hired a business coach for the very first time in 2017. And it was he who was the first person to point out to me that I had inadvertently built a business that revolved around me. Even though I had a great team, great systems, great processes, everything was going well. But if I got hit by a bus or, you know, something happened, the business would likely crumble. And that was when I was like, wait a minute, I, I can't do it. So to answer your question is that the first thing you got to do is the mindset shift of you cannot be the hero of the business. You have to move beyond that. And then furthermore, part of what I, my coaching program is I teach people the four core principles they need to move through active involvement in daily operations to passive involvement to eventually being able to live what I call the exit lifestyle. Do you want to share? I will be happy to, but I'm I got like, I was like, wait, I was like waiting for it. And then I was like, wait, maybe it's a secret. You no, it's not, a secret. it's not a secret. Well, the first core principle is that is embrace delegation, embrace delegation. And that's the first step out of the hero syndrome. And what's interesting about that is that uh, most people think they're delegators. They know what it is, but a lot of entrepreneurs practice confiscation, not delegation. They'll give a task and they'll watch over the shoulder and then 
pull it back because they don't like the way they did it. And that's not delegation or other entrepreneurs practice abdication, which again, rhymes with delegation, but it's not the same thing. They'll say, Hey, um, you know, do this and then turn around and never look back. And, and they think they've delegated when in fact, all they did was assign a project and they never checked in. So that's step that's core principle. Number one is embrace delegation. The second is eliminate stress. A lot of entrepreneurs are overstressed, overworked by their own, you know, they created their own problems, but I, I learned, I learned, and I, Alex, I think you probably know this too, because I think we might've even talked about it, but the law of open cycles is a universal law that teaches us that stress is not caused by stressful situations. It's caused by too many open cycles in any one time and entrepreneurs are notorious for having too much stuff going on at any one time. I had coffee with a good friend of mine who's an entrepreneur this morning. He said, man, I'm feeling overwhelmed. It's just lots going on. Like too many open cycles. And he knows the vocabulary. He's like, yeah, I got to figure out how to close some of these open cycles. So once an entrepreneur learns that, it changes their life, changes the company's life, and then it moves you towards the ability to exit. The third core principle is establish systems and processes. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. Which really is the thing that I think most people say, oh, just establish this as a process, your business run yourself. No, that's not true. You got to go through those other core principles first, but the most important system and process to establish is that of sales. Uh, you've got to have a predictable revenue model that will work in your absence, especially if you're the key salesperson, like I was for my business for many, many years. And then the fourth core principle is invest in people. Your people are the thing that's going to make it work after you're out and you've got to have great people. It's got about setting up, you know, first of all, finding, hiring, onboarding the right people, and then building a culture that people will never want to leave. I've got four vice presidents who work for my company that I exited a couple of years ago. I still own. I got four employees, vice presidents who've been with me almost 10 years and three of them are millennials. That's not supposed to happen according to whoever they are. The, the reason they're still there is culture built great culture. They love it. They've got friends there and they don't want to leave. Now they might leave tomorrow, but not knock on wood. I hope they don't, but they, that's really, really important. So those are the four Four principles. You got to embrace delegation, eliminate stress, establish systems and processes, and then invest in people. That's wonderful. I'm I'm mapping this onto my own business. Can I um can I offer an issue for you to address, or do you not feel I, like today? No, go for it. So, so for me, I started this company, and like you said, you know, I did all those mistakes, right? And um what we do is we train coaches and develop leaders, right? So we go out in the world and we start them and then people are excited. So we start a bunch of them and we got them all over the place, all over North America. We start in Asia and Europe. Very exciting. What I loved was being with the people and doing the frontline training and development of humans, right? But as my business got bigger, I was more and more like people said, you know, somebody's got to run this company. So now I'm the CEO and I'm out of training and out of spending time with people. And here's the thing, CEO job sucks, right? And 
at least that's my framework for it is, you know, what I get to deal with is all the problems, all the complaints, all the, you know, blah, 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 and trying to figure out some of what you talked about systems and processes and what's working and not working. So as an entrepreneur, as a person who started this because I loved it, I want to get back to the training. But I know that if I do that and abdicate this CEO-ness, then we're in trouble. At the same time, nobody wants the job because I keep going around saying how bad of a job it is. You know, so <laughs> what do you got for me, the real Jason Duncan? Oh, wait, wait, Jason, before you answer, can I, Christopher, can I give you something? Can I throw something in here knowing you? Well, all right. But my lawyers are standing by. Well, I want to throw, I, like, I loved hearing you say it, but I want to throw in two that, then, and Jason can then give more feedback is you, you, you play both roles at the same time. So, so sometimes like when we interact, I get the coach, I get the leadership development. I don't get the CEO. Oh, right? Right, I'm, I'm yeah. like talking to, you know, if I'm talking to my, I, in, in times I'm like relating to like my boss, but I get the coach, I get the like, well, let's talk about your being and, <laughs> and not the CEO piece. <sighs> Right. And so I, I can see like that I see from over outside, like the challenge of trying to navigate both waters because a CEO isn't a coach and a coach isn't a CEO. They're different things. Now I'm curious what Jason, if you know, now I'm fired too, I should leave this podcast. But um, well, I, I think, I think, I think the exit lifestyle, which is what I coach people to, to live and achieve is the exit lifestyle is about picking and choosing. It's about choices. It's about control. It's about having the control to make the choices that you want to make on a daily basis. So many entrepreneurs don't have that ability to make the choices. And so for many years, while I was living a fairly good life, I was making good money, and I was doing the things that I genuinely enjoyed, even as I didn't mind the CEO role for my company. It was fun for me. But, but it was but it wasn't until I had the control to choose what I did on each, on each day that that's when I began to really live the exit lifestyle. So my advice to you would be to say, how do you establish the right systems and processes and invest in the right people that can manage the things you don't want to do so that you can only do and choose to do the things you want to do. And that is possible. It, it's not easy. And I don't want to sugarcoat it. it. It is possible though. And I think that if you like working with the people, then that means we got to find and invest in the right person or persons to lead the organization with your vision. But the other thing you got to keep in the back of your mind is the founder of the company. You, you have three roles that are different than everybody else's. That's to, that's to set the vision, communicate the vision and build the asset. You don't have to be CEO to do those three roles, but you can't abdicate those roles to other people because nobody else can set that vision, communicate the vision and build the asset like the founder can. Good. Is it so? Is it this is great? I love this because is it is it possible? I feel like there's other people out there that are in Christopher's situation that like there's a part, right? There's things about the business. I, I guess I'm one of them. My business, I like coaching. I like podcasting. I don't want to run a bit. I'm not interested in the like running of a big business. So I purposely keep my business growing at a rate that I can do the things I want to do. And I know that I have clients that are like this too. There's something about the business they started that they love. And when they think about the bigger model, they're not that interested in those things. So is it possible, let's just use Christopher's example because he gave it and a lot of people listening know him and they're gonna probably love this. <laughs> is it possible that Christopher could be leading the trainings and being like the, the coach and the, the, the focus of what now other leaders do in the organization and, and hire someone to be the CEO and then still be the person who carries the vision. Is that possible? To have? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely possible because that's the founder's role is to do those three things, set the vision, communicate the vision, build the asset. You got to look at your business as an asset and to know that this business is an asset that should be worth something to someone else. And if you are the central person in that business, the value is really relegated to you. And that makes your business not worth nearly as much as it would be if it wasn't relegated to you. So if he hired another CEO who could run day to day and rely on him as the vision setter and, and communicating that vision and work together to continue to build the asset, that allows him to continue to do the things he wants to do. And by proxy, it makes the business worth a lot more money. It seems like it'd be really challenging. The, the breakthrough or the biggest piece would be be not being the CEO when you're out like leading pro right like when you're out leading programs I know when I used to run restaurants you put people in charge of things and if you went into one of your restaurants and something was off it was like how do I not say anything 
right? <laughs> like, how do you how do you let something exist that isn't right or a problem when you know, well, sometimes you know, there's a different way. You have to go through a different channel. That's a tough that's a tough thing to do. Well, it is, but but the law of discovery teaches us that we learn more by what we discover on our own than what we are taught. And your employees are they're not are also subject to that law, just as you are. So letting them fail and work through things that are slightly off is okay. I think you'll survive the dip. The dip in productivity and outcome is natural when you start delegating and, and releasing control to other people for day-to-day -day activities. There's going to be a dip. You will survive it. You will survive it. Uh, I have been out of daily operations of my business for over 18 months, almost it's almost two years. And are they running it differently than I would? I have a new CEO in place. I've got four vice presidents to run day-to-day -day operations. Is it different? Absolutely. It's different. There are things that I would never, <laughs> I would have never done. Is it, is it great? Eh, not, not in my estimation, but here's what it's providing. The business still grows. I still get paid. The asset is still being built. It's still being worth something. The fact that they don't do X, Y, or Z the way that I would do it is a little different. Um, I'm okay with that. I, 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 if I were the, the CEO and in charge, I would change it, but that's not what I am. You I'm going to, take us in an odd direction, then I'm going to bring us back as if we're doing a podcast, okay? The first thing that I notice is that each of you is building your business on you, where you're the most visible asset of the business. And I did something else. I, I didn't name my business after myself. I didn't name my business, you know, anything that's one person identified, because I wanted it to be an organization that lived beyond me. What do you see as your exit lifestyle when your business is the real Jason Duncan, right? Like you're the center of everything. You're the primary asset. What's going to happen when you need to take, you know, a couple of months to go to Europe with your family? Well, that's a, that's a great observation. And if this was my only business, that is the big gotcha, but it's not like, this is the thing that I'm now doing that I wanted to do when I couldn't do when I was running a CEO of ELS, which is the company that I started in 2010, I didn't start coaching until after I stepped away from the daily operation. Well, I, I've been coaching for a long time, but like formalize it and make a company out of it. I didn't start doing that until 2020 because that's when I started stepping away from daily operations. So yes, you're right. My coaching business is TRJD Enterprises, which stands for the real Jason Duncan. It is me. It is a personality-based business, but, I, but that's a business that I enjoy and I want to do. I love it. I've got other assets. I got four other businesses that continue to provide income. And even if this business goes away, the coaching business, I still have other businesses. And I'm in the process actually of acquiring a motorcycle dealership right now. And, and, and that's a passion of mine. I love motorcycles and I've always wanted to do this. So that's another thing I've got going on. So the coaching is that thing that I would do if I didn't had to do it for free and uh, that I'd really enjoy. But I don't do it for free, but, but, I, but I would if I had to. What brand of motorcycle? Uh, so I, I can't give it away yet because we're still under uh, NDA, but I ride, uh, I've got two bikes. I ride a BMW and a Harley. So I got, I got two. Christopher's interested in what kind of motorcycles I'm interested in. If you're interested in adopting a 40 year old man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Christopher. It's a great just question. It weird. Yeah. It's, it's a great question too. Cause you know, I think about like for me, right. My, my business is basically me. Um, and there is no, right. There is no plan. I kind of trust that like, there's a future that will unfold that I don't actually know about that. If I just keep put, if I keep creating value, if I keep putting one foot in front of the other, if I keep producing assets, whether they be books, podcasts, whatnot, um, a future will emerge. Now there's a lot of, you know, the thing I don't do that, that Jason talked about is you talked about like your, your sales predictable in, uh, um, a predictable model that like someone else could take over. It doesn't work, right? Like for me, my, my business doesn't work like that. And it never has. It's almost been more of a, um, I create and like Tony Robbins would call it a one-legged stool. I don't even know if there's one leg. It's like a floating stool. Somehow it keeps floating and levitating and I'm not sure how. Um, but I think that that to Jason, to your thing about like the hustle culture, I think that even this conversation, it's not the hustle culture, but it's, it is like a, Hey, this is the right way to do things. And I think it's a really smart way. And it has me look at other avenues that I'm trying to build. I have an NFT business that I'm building with somebody, right. Other areas. But also if I just, for me, it's consistency, discipline, integrity, something will emerge 
and play out. And maybe I'll be wrong. And maybe I'll be needing to come to work for one of you two when I'm 85 years old. Um, but I guess we'll see. I love Jay. I love that you show that you have like four businesses though, that you're, you have all these things that you're doing that produce revenue. And it's not just this one. It's not this one thing. What's the, um, what's the toughest thing for you, Jason, to have, you know, four businesses or three businesses with one on the way, the business that you're, that your, your personality business podcasting, you have a family. What's the, what's the toughest thing to juggle? Um, I, you know, I don't, uh, I get asked that frequently and I, I don't have that problem for me. I've always been really good about the, you know, people call it balance. I've always had it's been natural to me to balance it out. And I don't know if it's because my wife and I met so young and we practically raised each other. We've been together and like, she's the center of everything. She is my best friend. Like if everything else falls away, she's it. Like I, I know that we're, we're the ride or die partners. It's all good. So for me to ignore that and spend time doing other things without paying attention to her is like, I, I don't even know how to do it. I, I wouldn't even know how to ignore that part of our relationship. So I, I, I don't, I don't have a problem balancing it. And, and from, uh, I think from the perspective that you're asking, it's not an issue for me, but, um, but that's because we have such a great relationship and she knows and, and has plenty of grace. If I need to spend two, three late nights out working, entertaining clients, doing whatever I'm doing, not a big deal, but I'll, but I'll also make up for that later. And say, you know, I might spend half a day at home hanging out. We might get on the motorcycle and go ride or, you know, we spend a lot of time in our RV. We travel at least a week, a month somewhere, go, go, go out of town. So we spend tons of time together. So I don't really have that balance issue. Is there an area that you do find, right? It's fun. I, I, was, I wasn't actually looking at relationships. I was just thinking like, where is there the area, right? You have a lot of balls in the air, whether they be relationship, kids, all these businesses. Where does the challenge arise for you? Where is the greatest challenge? Well, I think right now, if I were to be completely transparent, it's, it's the, my, my business that's been around for the longest period of time. I'm in a transition period with uh, another company to perhaps uh, acquire a significant portion of it, which would release, you know, I, I own hundred percent of the company now. I would release a portion or, you know, a significant portion of that to someone else. And that process is, it, it takes a lot of mental energy to think through that. Like, how's this going to work? Um, because right now, I, I, even though I'm not CEO, I have full control. Like if I needed, if I had to step in and say, Hey, we're doing it different. I can, I can do that. I have, the, I have the legal right to do so, but I have not exercised any of those rights at all. As a matter of fact, I had a finance meeting yesterday with my VP of finance. First one I've had in over a year. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm not looking at the finances and paying attention to what's going on, but I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not in it, but the fact that we're going through this transition and the possible acquisition is a little bit, you know, just what it would be with anybody else. It's like, how do we, how are we going to deal with this? And on top of that, I'm trying to acquire another business on my own, which could complicate matters even further. So it is, it is one of those things I have to be very, very careful about. Who do you turn to for, for advice or counsel or where do you, where do you go to get to turn left or right in your business? Well, I have several advisors and coaches, coaches in my life. I 100% believe in business coaches. I believe that every single entrepreneur, business owner needs a business coach day one. Uh, that and a bookkeeper. Those are the two things I advise every person. You got to have day one out of the, out of the shoot. You got to make sure because I didn't. It took me seven years before my former business partner would um, acquiesce to my desire for a business coach. And I, if I, you know, if I'd have done that years and years ago, like I wanted to, things might've be a lot different, but I have coaches. And in this particular situation that I was just referencing a moment ago in my last answer, um, I've reached out to a couple of very high level consultants and advisors who understand business and know me and know, they know what I'm attempting to do in life. And I said, Hey, I need a day. I need a day with you in a room and a whiteboard. We have to talk because this is a lot of moving parts and pieces. And this is a huge swing financially, like with lots of numbers on it in either direction. 
And I need to make sure that I don't screw this up. So I don't have any delusions of grandeur that I know how to do it alone. I coaches are absolutely essential to the process of making good, uh, good decisions. I mean, Solomon, King Solomon, a proverb said, you know, by, through many advisors, one makes great decisions. And that's what I think we need. Beautiful. Alex, you guys. I want to, because I, I, I'm not sure. Do you have, I know you talked about the books that you are, the book you have coming out, The Exit Lifestyle. Is the five keys to the to entrepreneurial success, is that out? Can people get that now or is that coming out? Yeah, that's actually, I've got an ebook called The Five Indisputable Keys to Success. That's available. Anybody want to go to the website, therealjasonduncan.com, that's available there. If you subscribe to my newsletter, as a matter of fact, it was part of my newsletter this week that went out. I actually put it in the newsletter. So the entire ebook, The Five Keys of Success, was released to everybody in my newsletter list. And then why people buy where, what about that? Where can people yeah. Buy? Why people buy is one that you can go to my website again, the real and you can go down to the bot, the footer and you can request a copy of that. That's a great book on the four motivating reasons why people make purchasing decisions. So no matter, no matter what business you're in hamburgers, vacations, watches, shirts, it doesn't matter what you sell. Those are the four reasons why people are going to make a purchasing decision. Which right. reminds yeah. me, I'm starting a hamburger watching shirt shop. <laughs> I, you, you, just, you just made me like, every time that I'm out, when Evan and I are out and we see there's like a location for a restaurant or we actually, we did a thing the other night where we just went to a mall. We hadn't been in an inside mall in a long time. We just like walked around. There was like half the stores were vacant. And I'm just like, this just seems like an opportunity to start a business. We should open up a store. What should we sell? Um, and I know, Jason, that was part of your... That's part of how you got into one of your businesses is like, I need, I need to find something to sell. Like I need to create something. Um, okay. So, but I want to ask you, okay. So the, and then you have the business accelerator, which is a coaching cohort. When is that? When's your next cohort launch? So the next one is launching in, uh, I think a week. Uh, so I don't know when this is going to air. Maybe, maybe, I don't know what like the time stamp like is. A day, in like a day or two. This will air in like okay. a day or two. Well, uh, the next one's supposed to start on May the 19th. Uh, that's a Thursday. And we it's a one-hour session live with me and up to no more than 12 other entrepreneurs. And we do this over about nine weeks. So we, it's eight sessions over nine weeks. So there's one break in the middle. And that that's when it starts. And the Business Accelerator is designed to fully engage you with those four core principles that we talked about earlier in the show. And that's live that people get the real you, they get to really interact. That's not that's right. That is live. It's live coaching, live group coaching with me by zoom on Thursday mornings. And then uh, I've got a version of that that's coming out as a course. Obviously it's pre-recorded and you can do it on your own time. It'd be a lot less expensive, but, uh, but I've got that course will be released probably within uh, the next four weeks, five weeks. If people want to and sign up for the business accelerator, where do they, where do they just go to the real Jason Duncan? Where do they go? Yeah, you can go to the real slash exit, or you can go to exit without exiting.com, which is kind of the whole idea behind the entire thing. Exit without exiting. How do you exit your business without selling it? Exit without exiting. And what do they need to do if they're coming from here to get, and you're generous $500 off the next, if they sign up for this May 19th one? All right. So what you got to do is you'll go to the page exitwithoutexiting.com. And there, of course, there's, there's calls to action to apply now, which you can get a call with me and talk to me about it. You can do that if you want, but if you want to skip all that, you go all the way to the bottom of the page, it says, go ahead and sign up. And when you sign up there, it'll give you uh, the option to put in a coupon code. And here's the coupon code. It is E A five one zero just for your listeners. E A five one zero gets you $500 off the business accelerator. Wow. Cool. Thank you. It's super generous. Well, you're EA welcome. 510. Christopher, you're signing up right now. I am. I was, I was just on the <laughs> website. It took me a minute. Um, There's uh, Stripe. <laughs> let's, let's talk about how people can work with you, Jason, because I love this. The, you know, when I first saw the real Jason Duncan, I'm like, how full of himself can this guy be? But you really are. You're like the real deal. You've created your own business. You've got the lifestyle and the, and the life that a lot of people envision for themselves. And you're generous and you're clear about missteps as well as, as, well as the right actions and the right things you've done so can people work with you one-on-one -on -one? can people can we just 
come to where you speak? What are the options for it? Well, I think that the, the main thing that I am uh, promoting now is my mastermind. It's called the Exeter Club. And the Exeter Club is a year-long experience with me and uh, the entire mastermind group where we meet on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, and have a very good in-depth mastermind session. We share resources, share opportunities. We work on our Exeter plans together. In other words, how do we, you know, how do we execute? What do we do? And really, one of the things that people get out of it is the fact that there's What's the next thing? Like if I am prepared to go to the next big thing, what is it? So we help each other discover that. So that mastermind called the Exeter Club is the main thing. And, and of course, you get that's obviously with me live. We do two luxury retreats every year. As a matter of fact, that's what I'm leaving today to go to. We're doing a big Airbnb on the beach down in Florida. We're taking a private yacht out on Saturday. Um, I may or may not have one of the sharks from Shark Tank show up. I'm working on it. I've got it. I've got it. It might work, but like, it's a big time deal to be a part of this mastermind, to get yourself in the place where you can exit, whether you totally exit and sell or you exit in place, however you want to do it. That's the mastermind. And then I've got a bunch of clients who do hire me to answer your question one-on-one to work one-on-one. And I do that. Uh, you know, there's gotta be a pretty unique situation that you want me to work through, or you, you know, you're ready to pay a lot of money to have complete access to me, which I have lots of people to do that. So whatever you want, like I can work one-on-one, you could do group coaching or we could do the mastermind, but the mastermind would be my highest and best recommendation for anybody who's interested in this concept. And all of that's available at the real Jason Duncan, along with the books and the $500 off, right? That's right. And the root of all success podcast, we don't, right? Where you, you get access to you and ton of other people for free. That's right. I mean, that's part of the mastermind experience too, is you get access to anybody I have access to. My network's pretty extensive because it includes people like you guys now. I mean, we're, we're on, we're on your show and you, Alex has been on my show and I've had tons of people on my shows over the years and that network, you guys know better than I do. I mean, you're doing this show, how you get to expand that network. And most entrepreneurs are two heads down to think about stuff like that. So being a part of our networks gets them by proxy that access to those, those people as well. Well, our time has flown by and I'm so grateful to you for sharing your wisdom and brilliance and, and real affable and accessible personality for somebody as successful as you. I wonder if there's a parting thought or parting shot, something you'd like to share with a few thousand coaches today that you'd like to leave us with to gnaw on or think over or consider. Well, so, so I would say this, the, the hardest business I've ever started in my life is a coaching business. Um, but it's also the most fulfilling that I've ever done because of the impact that I'm making on people's lives and the changing. And I'm a business coach. I'm not a life coach, but I found myself doing a lot of life coaching and working through marriages and relationship issues and things like that. So about I would 20 say 20 minutes into any conversation, that's where we go. That's right. Sorry. Jason. Well, go ahead. So I would say that, you know, my advice or parting thoughts to the coaches out there, you know, if you're on the front end of this thing, just do, just know this is not a walk in the park. This is a, this is a hard road to hoe. And I think that if you're, if you're really committed to it, it's going to be one of the most fulfilling, if not the most fulfilling thing you've ever done in your life. So stick to it. But if you're not willing to push through, that's what passion is. That's that first P in my five keys. If you're not willing to endure and suffer for this coaching business, you might as well just go work somewhere else because it is not going to work for you. I think it's the most interesting thing ever right the illusion that this is like this sexy easy fun <laughs> just put up some instagram posts and you'll get a bunch of clients um no i'm all i'm so often to tell people my first two or three years two or three years were pretty brutal like a lot of tears a lot of i gotta quit a lot of i don't have any money um a lot of suffering and 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 pushing through, right? And it doesn't feel like that now at year like seven, eight, but you know, it's still not to, to your point. It's still not like, I don't, you know, it's still not fully in place, you know? So thanks for being here, Jason. This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much, guys.
great for us. Thanks for the time. That's The Real Jason Duncan. You can find him at therealjasonduncan.com. That's J-A-S-O-N-D-U-N-C-A-N. Thank you so much for being with us. Really, really great conversation. Alex Terranova, you're available at thedreammason.com. You're host of your own podcast or two or three, and people can find you at Accomplishment Media for your podcast. People can find your book, Fictional Authenticity, there or wherever fine books are available, as well as your contribution to Redefining Masculinity. The books for Jason, of course, are look for the exit lifestyle coming out soon but the five keys to entrepreneurial success easy for me to say and why people buy uh i th- want to shout out to our longtime sponsor of this program accomplishment coaching home of the world's finest coach training program open for registration in our summertime programs now check it out accomplishmentcoaching.com where you can find transformation really I thank you, gentlemen, for being with us. And I thank you, dear listener, for being with us each and every week as we bring you people out on the cutting edge of coaching, people just plain interesting, people you need to know. We will do it again next week. So I thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.